Uh, welcome back to the Funny Books of Firewater podcast. We're a drinking podcast. Where's the comic book problem? Shake the shit out of it. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. We are starting our month of uh, Black History Month books. Uh, welcome to February, y'all. Uh, although we're not We survived, hopefully. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. as far as we know. Uh, cool. But we are doing book two of March by uh, Senator John Lewis, um, also written by Andrew Aiden and illustrated by Nate Powell, who is actually doing... Uh, he did illustration for two books we did this month. But yeah. Oh, so anyway, this is book two. We read book one last... We didn't do it last year because we didn't do shows last year. But the last Black History Month we did, we did book one yes. and very much enjoyed yeah. it. So we're... Uh, continuing that on. There's actually uh, three of these books in the series, so we know what we're going to do next year, too, so that'll be fun. So we have our special guest. Yeah, we do. Hi, Mia. How are you? Did I say it right? Hi, guys. Please tell me I said it right. Maya. 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 It's okay. I'm going okay. to attend your Jeremiah, and I think I'll get that. Just, okay. Yeah, just pretend it's the other Maya. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I can do that. That I can do. I, I, I'm, I'm not very good at learning <laughs> new tricks, so. Oh, it's okay. Hey, Maya. Story of my life right there. <laughs> Thank you, guys, for inviting me on. I appreciate it. No, I'm more than happy to have you. Um, I'm actually here just because um, Adam asked me on. He told me about the books that you guys were reading um, March and um, book one and book two. And I think it's a really great thing that you guys are introducing that book um, moving into Black History Month. Um, a lot of trivial things went on during that time and kind of, you know, highlights and foreshadows some things that's going on right now. Um, so it's always definitely a conversation to be had. So I'm just happy to be on. And he told me that y'all drink on here. So yeah, I'm, <laughs> I should, you know, read some comic books, whatever. I'm my, my choice of tonight is the Ciroc VSO by P Diddy. If y'all know who Puff Daddy is, <laughs> bad boys for tonight. life right here. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> this is my drink of choice for tonight. And I'm also watching my calories with a wild basin, one gram. That's what cool. is wild basin? I, I'm not familiar it's with like that a, It's like a white claw or any okay. seltzer mm. alcohol type drinks. It's yeah. only 5%. But if you drink 10 of them, you know, then... <laughs> um, <laughs> I spent a fair amount of time in uh, Arizona during our coronation, and uh, we had some friends who were very into Truly, so I've, uh, mm, I've had a yeah. few of those... Fun nights, rougher mornings, but uh, I've yeah. had a few of those for sure. They're all the okay. same. Truly, Wild Basin, White Claw, pretty much the same thing. Everybody has them now. Like, it's kind of yeah. insane. But mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, we'll go second choice to someone who always has something to pimp. Mr. Adam. How are you, Mr. Adam? Are, are, are you saying that I'm pimping out my hose? Uh, in different area codes? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, different. So you're saying I'm pimping myself out. Okay, I see how it is. I mean, you're the only one who actually seems to have anything interesting to be like, hey, go check this out because I write here or I do whatever. Cause the rest uh, of is- let me think. Well, so we are in the middle of screener season and uh, they're just starting to send things out. And honestly, it's funny because the ones I'm getting in the mail are all from Netflix. It's like you, you fuckers <laughs> do realize we have Netflix already, right? Like we don't need yeah. more DVDs. But they did give me a really cool coffee table book for that uh, Over the Moon movie, which I haven't watched yet. Oh, that cool. their animated thing. Uh, but yeah, so up here in Salt Lake City, uh, get to hang out with Maya sometimes. So that's always kind of fun. We get to, you know, do our thing. And then uh, I've got Todd over here to Podcast Right, who I haven't seen since March, which makes me sad. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> we moved the TV that didn't break. That's what I'm very proud Yay! of. Yay! So I can play my PS5. Second time was the charm. Right? <laughs> Instead of breaking in half. But yeah, nothing else too interesting. Just uh, watching Clark be a hoe on Instagram, and uh, mm-hmm. and is he ever? Oh, he is. Yes. And uh, <laughs> what does it mean to be a hoe on Instagram? 
Adam. Ho, ho on have you followed means... his boyfriend? Uh, <laughs> I don't even follow Adam on Instagram um, just because I'm scared. Yeah. <laughs> you know Adam. You truly know Adam if you're a fan. No, no, no. Right you got, you got to go look on my pup space for that. Uh, no, it's uh, yeah, it's just he, he posts a bunch of booty pics and um, mm. basically IG approved nudity. We'll just say that. So if I, type in, if I type in freak nasty, I see Clark. Oh, that's that's you Adam. Yeah, he's buck nasty. Adam, they told me you had a nickname that you haven't shared with me. So we didn't think we were. We think <laughs> oh my god, that's the only time I've ever seen Adam embarrassed. You. Oh my god, that's so funny. Oh. I have to I see this person. <laughs> okay, so back when I was in a, in my hoe phase, which lasted actually didn't last that long, but I was no, pretty much really. a hoe. No, I was. It was a. Um, we'll just say that I uh, received the nickname the cum dumpster. Wow. So when Todd would be sitting next to me, he would be CDA. He'd be cum dumpster Jason. So we made up a musical yeah. and everything. We did. Wow. We did. Yeah. So, so Maya's like, oh my God, I, I can't mm-hmm. be around this person anymore. I might catch like herpes. <laughs> uh, and then 2020, he became the cum dumpster fire. So, wow. Wow. you bitch. Luckily, luckily, he doesn't like my kind. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you never know. Well, speaking of CDA. <laughs> We all have one. Uh, yep, that's true. You haven't been CDA for a while, so we will introduce you to CDA. It's Todd. Hi, Todd. You know, I'm always happy to be adjacent, adjacent, adjacent. <laughs> adjacent. If you have enough of those, I'm still cum dumpster adjacent, adjacent, adjacent. adjacent. <laughs> so, yeah. Hey, hey, I'm Todd. I'm also here in Utah, north of Salt Lake. And um, you can find me on here because I'm not doing any other podcast right now, Brian. Yeah, I know. I'm working on it. Okay. okay and are then, you uh, really? Because I feel like this is the, the interaction for the last two year. years. So, well, yeah. you, you know why for the last two years? Is because the last two years I've been working on my master's. And now that I finally okay. got my thesis done, yes, I can start getting my shit together to do the other shows. So, yeah. It's two. Congratulations. I know. I mean, oh, thank you. better yourself. <laughs> I know. I had to actually like, do homework and shit. So, you know. Yeah, no, I know about right. grad school. Grad school is not easy. <laughs> oh, so, I got my official grade today for my, uh, my thesis. So I officially got an A in that class. So I'm excited. So nice. Hey. Waiting for the official hey. email before I celebrate that I actually graduated because I'm not counting my eggs before well, I. Well, I'll so take what are a you? Shot for you. Oh, That's please what? do. Hey, yeah. my, Brian, that was like me and my divorce. I was waiting for the official email. That's right. Yeah, I waited and for so- a long... Um, I actually figured out that my divorce, between when I decided to get divorced and when the divorce actually happened, was only three months less than it took me to do grad school entirely. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Welcome to California. <laughs> so. Yeah. Anyway, Tom. Well, here in Utah, I'm also enjoying what I'm drinking tonight is Henry McKenna 10-year bottled and bond. Ooh. So this one's nice. I mean, it's it's only 100-proof stuff, but I dig it. You well, guys we're going to have to go out. on another like scotch whiskey adventure when I'm out there to visit next because you've gotten a lot Dude, of stuff. Dude, I've, I've got more shit. Uh, yeah, you have. Uh, <laughs> would you say... Never mind. <laughs> what? I'll go in there. <laughs> you should. Come on. Y- y'all out there getting your shit packed? <laughs> yes, if we ask nicely. Okay. Consent is no. key. That's right. <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot more going on, Brian. Yeah. So you should definitely come out again. Okay. Okay. Hey, who are you, Elena? <laughs> <laughs> That's well, as good as intro as I could have done, so go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> cool. 
Apparently, she's dating Chugs. What is that? Coke. Yeah, I'm off the keto wagon. <laughs> anyway, hi all. I'm I'm Lena. Uh, fuck, 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 fuck. Hi. Down <laughs> <laughs> your game face. So wait. So have you guys? I don't know if you guys have seen this meme on on Instagram, and I, I see it because I'm a yoga freak, or I used to be. I haven't done yoga for like a month because I'm I'm having issues. Anyway. I know. Oh God. I'm just so sick of doing yoga in my fucking living room. Like it's literally my mat usually sits like right behind me. I can't, I just can't. I like no motivation. And see, I just do it for the yoga pants. Cause I like I, <laughs> the comfy. I mean, I have my yoga pants on anyway. Um, I don't even remember what the hell I was saying. Anyway, I'm Lena. <laughs> I live in Denver, Colorado. I, uh, I date Sasquatch. I'm coming to visit. Yes. Come please. <laughs> Apparently so she lives in like a hipster here. neighborhood that's supposed to be really cool. I, so I live in a very hipster neighborhood. You should ask Christopher, Brian. I live in a oh. very hipster neighborhood. Although I it's love not Denver. super fun right now because everything's pretty much shut down again. Um, mm. You can do takeout, but there's like all the restaurants are shut down. Uh, like everything is closed. So. And see, what's funny is Lena's so hipster. She was living there before it was hipster. <laughs> Actually, no. I, I thought you moved back to your old place that. again. I didn't. Oh. <laughs> it was hipster when she was there before. It too. was hipster before I got here, like the oh, first okay. time. Like it no. was. Yeah, it's. We, um, we, I was just looking into coming to Denver for New Year's. We found some hundred dollar round trip tickets. So the last time I was in Denver, um, we pulled off in some random place, right? Because we wanted to do recreational stuff, and there was this <laughs> random alleyway party that was just jumping and come to find out this party was a release party for somebody that was doing porno films there and like (laughs) the building they had the flicks that they had just recorded like (laughs) all the tvs and it was just like the release party for their porno (laughs) and that was the day denver uh that's what happens when you make marijuana legal Wow. <laughs> you know, it sounds like a great idea. Right. <laughs> yeah. Let's do a film and release it. <laughs> but they didn't tell us what type of film. That's amazing. <laughs> Filmmaker. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I smoke. Well, I actually don't smoke weed. I eat my, my edibles. My edibles. edibles. I think they should make them look like... They're like gummies or chocolates or what's your edible of choice? Gummies. So they actually have a new one that's like fast acting. So it hits you within 15 minutes. You're not waiting for like an hour for something to happen. And then you're gobbling more and more up. So That's what Clark took before I got home. Because I was like, hey, I'm on my way home. He's like, all right, cool. Then I got home. He's like, I am so high right now. (laughs) (laughs) They're fun. Micro dosing from Chelsea Handler. Oh, yeah, yeah. Micro dosing, yeah. So you just uh, do a little, little bit, little bit, and little bit until you finally achieve what it is that you're trying to achieve. Yeah. So I was thinking, maybe micro dose going to work. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, nah. (laughs) Uh, If I didn't get drug tested at work, I would be far more, you know, expert in all these things. But sadly, not. Cool. Well, Again. you won't be if you come work for at my company. I'm just saying. I know, but unfortunately, yeah. they, they're in a state that it's not legalized yet. True, but they still true. don't drug test. That's true. I still want. Yeah, <laughs> they promote it to get your creative juices flowing. <laughs> like it's one of our employee perks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that that would not well, that would not be a bad perk. 
New York, it, well, recreational isn't legal, but I yeah. know, but a lot of people live in like Connecticut and Jersey where medical is legal. So uh-huh. I think that's why they don't drug test. Well, I mean, it's completely legal here and they still drug test me at my job. So, well, that's because well. you work for the evil empire. So, yeah. I do work for the evil empire. And uh, <laughs> well, what's really interesting actually is I was, I was looking into it and it's like, I don't partake. It's not my thing, but because of all my mental health shit, I do qualify for medical marijuana up here in Utah. And I guess it's like 50 bucks for every, like you have to get your license every four months to do it. So technically speaking, I can just go down and be like, here's 50 bucks. I'm crazy. Give me weed. And then they will. So, and then Clark will benefit from that. So I don't know, maybe I'll do it. So medical yeah. is a little different though, because medical is higher in CBD than it is in THC. So you mm-hmm. get, there's less of a high that you end up getting with medical marijuana than you do with recreational. I don't think he would care because he could just get it whenever he wants. Right. I mean, you still feel good. Like it's more of a body high than a head high. Um, mm-hmm. I the edibles I take are a one to one ratio of CBD to THC. So it's I take it right before bed, and I have like oh, I can imagine. So <laughs> I think I, I told this story here, but Maya hasn't heard this. So the last time I actually did get high, uh, I was marching in the Pride Parade, and uh, Clark had his little vape, so I took a hit, and he was taking bigger hits. I'm like, well, fuck, I need to catch up. So I took one big hit, which I hadn't. I hadn't partook in like 10 years. I was so high, the world turned pink. <laughs> Literally fucking pink. I'm like, well, I'm not pride, so that kind of makes sense. Yeah. But I thought I was going to die. I thought I was going to die. So finally someone gave me a bottle of water and I felt fine. But then I walked funny for three hours. Uh, That's because you were pride. Well, that was because of the night before pride. So. Oh, my gosh. That was part of his bucket list. Oh, man. Shit. Oh, I could go somewhere with that as far as a gift I got wow. for my birthday. That <laughs> kicks off one of my bucket list kinks. But anyways, uh, so this isn't Sexual Kink or High Podcast. This is Comic Book Podcast. Oh, is it? And then I mean, we also forgot Brian. Brian. Oh, did, who oh, you? I said he was. Who is the cat herder? I'm the cat herder and uh, catless cat herder right now. Actually, yeah, it's true. My cat's in my girlfriend's house because I went out there last weekend. I'm going out there this, this weekend, and so yeah. Well, my cats are kind of a pup herder, so I'm not going to ask. Um, so... <laughs> ask who does the little doggy have the bone? Oh my god, this is going to be a long night. Hilarious. Right. And wait, this right. is what I love though, because Aaron goes. How long are you going to be recording? And I was like, I'm going to tell them we got to be fast because we haven't even. It's going to be yet. 35 minutes. No, I was like, I was like, we'll be done by seven. And he was like, okay, great. It's set. It's six thirty right now, and we haven't seven. even started talking about the fucking. Okay. Wow. <laughs> okay, I'm Brian. I do shit. Uh, Adam, do we have a drink for this week? Uh, we night? do. We actually do. So this one's called the Freedom Rider, and you have to use two shots of Freedom Bourbon. One shot of DiSerono and two small splashes of Sprite. You add that to an ice-filled shaker. You stir. Don't shake because of the Sprite. And then you uh, strain it into a cocktail glass filled with ice. Okay. So uh, simple, but sounds really good because DiSerono is delicious. It is. So mm-hmm. It is delicious. Uh, Maya, did uh, Adam warn you about the drinking game rules? Um, he told me there was going to be a drinking game. However, I did not get the disclaimer on the rules. Oh, no, no. So we make up the rules. Oh, so yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so like, a drinking okay. game, yeah. yeah, so basically, so it was like Uno in a black house. Yeah, rules <laughs> yeah. go. Okay, yeah, yeah no, that's, <laughs> that's fair. And uh, okay. I've played Uno with my roommates, so yes, I, I understand. Uh, yeah, uh, okay. anyway, yes, uh, gotcha. okay, but uh, we'll throw Todd under the bus first. Todd, what is your uh, drinking game rule for this week? 
Inauguration, take a drink. Shit, that was mine. <laughs> <laughs> so every time it's in 2009 on Inauguration Day for Barack Obama, you get to take a drink. Okay. That's it, right? So it happens every 15, 20 pages. Yeah, not too bad. Uh, yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, Do they ever say Obama's name? Yeah, oh yeah. Yes. He even okay, states, like, when he takes the oath, he says... Oh yeah. Yeah, they yes. mentioned in the first book as well, because they're talking about the uh, inauguration and all that sort of stuff in the first right. one as well. So. Uh, cool. Uh, Lena? I have no drinking. You have not? Okay, drink. What? I know. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Smashy Smashy. Every time something is, like, specifically like a window is broken, take a drink. Mm. You will be fucked up. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Adam? Uh, so mine's called Fuck You, I Won't Do What You Told Me. Every time they're told, like, hey, you probably shouldn't do this, and they're like, no, we're doing it because it's important. Yeah. Take yeah. a drink. We're going to march. We're yeah. going to march. We're going to ride the bus. We're going to do whatever. So Cool. And uh, Maya, do we give you enough time to come up with one? All right. Mine is going to be called Old Johnny Boy. Every time they mention John Lewis's name. Oh, shit. Oh, you're mean. Mean. Wait, oh. I have one. <laughs> okay. I have okay. One. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting to see if, if any of you were going to do it. So, um, Old White Man. Oh, Every time okay. you see an old white man mm. being exactly what you expect an old white man to be, take a fucking drink. Yeah. Because okay. oh. that is the hardest part of this whole fucking book, is watching, reading, all of yeah. these old southern white men <laughs> be the biggest assholes. And the fact is, and I know we're, we're totally getting, like, we're, I'm diving into this too early. But no, like, but this is probably... No. You're good. This is it. Can we just talk about the fact that this was not that long ago? Yeah. Oh, my parents right. were teenagers or in their 20s. We, yeah. we, we, when you sit in history classes and they talk about the civil rights movement, it always comes off like it was so long ago. And then you realize that you're reading this and you're going, John Lewis just died. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And this mm-hmm. was not long ago. Like, you're right. Our, my parents... We're in high school, we're, like, we're, we're, we're just going into high school. Like, what? Really? Like, yeah. how is this? And, and yet, I feel that history is literally repeating itself. Oh, and it's 100%. Just, yeah. it's, it's diff- it was difficult to read this. I didn't read book one because I wasn't on the podcast when you guys did book one. But Don't make it sound all guilty. No, I'm just saying I haven't. I didn't read, I didn't read book one. So I've only, I've only read this one. And uh-huh. um. I haven't gotten to the end yet, but this is, this was hard to read because yeah. it's you. I remember seeing certain things like again, little snippets in history classes and everything, but it's, um, it's just, it's heartbreaking to watch this, to like read this and then be like, well, it's, it's happening again. And yeah. we like to play like racism. It like everything was better after this. Well, the Supreme Court said wonderful. that racism doesn't exist, so you know we're yeah. we're good there now. So that's that's wonderful. Hey, yeah. for anyone else, was book one harder for them to read than book two? I actually thought book one was uh, was at least more hopeful to a certain extent. Like it, like I think partially because he talks about why he's telling his story, and you kind of got this mm-hmm. idea that you know, like you sort of saw where they started. They started going through. This one feels sort of like Empire. You know what I mean? Like it's that. That middle one it gets real fucking dark. Like not that everything gets great at the end, but like this one, I think is just really. I don't know. I, I think this one's a little bit more rough, just as far as subject matter goes in general. Yeah. Um. But like, it's all shitty. Like, well, I mean, we're gonna like say it that way. I also though, talking uh to Lena's point, I keep looking at the news and keep thinking that like our kids or grandkids are gonna be like, 
really those fucking people like i'm like yeah i can't explain it they're all out see here's here's my problem with that and uh, i I honestly do hope that and actually i want to after this Mm -hmm. let maya talk for a bit because you read both of them back to back didn't you maya yes okay so so you actually can weigh in on as far as if the second one is like the empire strikes back one of it but (laughs) i think the, the the one thing you know as lana brought up that we're seeing history repeat itself now with 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 everything going on politically and the racism that's popping up again was in 20 years from now, is it going to be the same or is it going to be different? I'm not trying to be pessimistic or trying to uh-huh. be like, oh, well, the, the future's fucked. But like, you know, we've always said like, oh, well, 20 years later, well, we're 50 years later now from when this happened. And, you know, we, we would hope we're in kind of a more enlightened type environment or, or just country, but it's happening again. And it's not just the stupid fucking old people who never wanted to change and never wanted to be, like oh hey so we're, we were just the the racist from back then i mean we got younger people nowadays and that worries me as far as these younger people are going to somehow be able to breed and have kids which they should pass the test before they could do that and you can yell at me later uh but <laughs> yeah i agree. no it's like you you don't <laughs> learn intolerance from it you learn intolerance you're not born that way like you're not born like not liking someone from the color of their skin their gender their sexuality your parents teach you that and you know we've a lot of us grew up in well i grew up in a very conservative home and we've talked about that before where Mm -hmm. i had to change my thoughts and my viewpoints over the years and especially being a member of the lgbt community that changed a lot of stuff but i would hope in 20 years from now our kids and well my grand pugs because i'm not having kids uh, would look back and, and, and be like, hey, like, what the fuck was wrong with them? But will they? And I'm not, again, I'm not trying to be a downer because you know, we do have a lot of serious things to talk about, but some fun things, as I'm sure everyone come to Dumpster's talk will know. Uh, <laughs> but I, I would hope that. And, but I don't know. Like, I, w- I would chime in to say that, um, mm-hmm. to answer that question, no, it's not going to change. Um, and it's not going to change just because the racism is systemic. And racism has evolved over time. Um, we see it in so many different forms and fashions, um, whereas at one point, you know, racism looked like this. And then as you continue to move on through the decades, right, then racism, it was no longer just redlining. It became um, where it was more so, okay, well, you can't be here, this place, or we're not going to give you funds. So they, they continue to make racism evolve with the time so it doesn't look like it's such a, you know, wide open thing. And so they try to mask it behind these certain policies and procedures and that that's why it won't change because it's systemic and you don't have currently right now we don't have people in place that can be that voice of reasoning to get people on the same side of right um Mm -hmm. when it comes to making these choices we don't have people in in the white house that's making choices on the behalf of the common people and we talk about racism and it's not really it's not it's not just about black i mean it's people of color but um people that are in poverty too they 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 hit mm-hmm. the point of you know discrimination or not being to have nots if you will to say um so to answer that question no i don't think it's going to change i think it just continues to evolve and how you say it used to be old people well these people the younger people right they're descendants of those old people um, and so it's just passed down over time and it really takes exposure um, to really get out of that mind frame of racism. But as long as they continue to have that closed mind, be around people with those like-minded thoughts, um, they're going to always think that they're doing the right thing or, you know, moving in the right direction and continue to push that hatred um, towards the people that are trying to change that whole entire perception. So, and I, I think racism is a part of 
who we are in our history, because, I mean, America was obviously built on racism, um, on the backs of, of people that didn't, you know, want to do what it is they were being forced to do, um, forcing people out of their land and their countries, even when it comes to down to the, the, the holidays that we celebrate, Thanksgiving and whatnot, like, that was a, a massacre, that was a slaughter um, American people did to just have the rights to the land. Um, and so, no, I, I just really see it evolving, but it takes a real conscious group of people. And I, I like to see the fact that, you know, you guys are actually having this conversation um, with, with, with people about, you know, racism being outside of people that are seeing it every day, black people, brown people, Indian people, Asian people, people, just people of color altogether. Um, and so it's really a great thing to see that y'all having this conversation. So it really takes people like you to be allies of people of color to speak up when you see things happening or to say, you know, tell your fellow, you know, uh, white people that, Hey, that's not right, man. Don't, don't be Karens, right. Don't be a Karen. (laughs) (laughs) Do the right thing. These people are minding their business and enjoying that time. So it really takes people like you guys to step up. So will it change? No. Will it get better? Yes. Um, and how do we get there? It just, it really takes everybody to start spreading love rather than hatred. And it's not just one group of people, all groups of people, um, accepting black people, white people, brown people, Indians, Asians, gay people, lesbians, it, whatever you are, it just really starts there in that being deeply rooted in love rather than spreading hate. And then outnumbering the people that are spreading hate. Yeah. Yeah, no, Exactly. And my wait, I'm sorry, Brian. My, you brought up something interesting. You said outnumbering the people spreading hate. Mm-hmm. And Adam, you were like, my, well, my, my pug, my grand pugs, because I'm not going to have kids. <laughs> uh-huh. Here's the funny thing is that, and I had this conversation with, with my friend Ian because I was like, I don't want children. Like, kids were never in the thing. He's like, no, you're smart. You need to have kids because we have to outnumber the bubbas <laughs> that, that, about all this bullshit and end mm-hmm. up having 10 kids yep. and they, they then exacerbate that, you know, we're basically living in idiocracy mm-hmm. where all the smart people have decided that like, no, we decided kids just weren't for us. And, mm-hmm. you know, Biff and, and Buffy down in Alabama have like <laughs> 20 kids. And I, I know it's very prejudiced to, and whatever. I don't care. Because unfortunately, yeah. right now I've hit my limit with mm-hmm. like bigoted people at this point. Well, I mean, their their family tree don't fork. <laughs> and let's be honest; they're not listening to a podcast. So, um, not about reading, actually. So, and yeah. if you are, please, we love you. Please keep listening and get smarter. <laughs> <laughs> we need the hits. <laughs> but I'm just saying that, like, they are having all of these kids, and they are perpetuating that mindset that they don't have stuff and instead of blaming the people as to why they don't have it they blame minorities they blame black people they blame brown people they blame i don't understand the whole mexican thing because whatever but like it's very interesting to me that we talk about how like we have to outnumber them we have to outweigh it but it tends to be those more left-leaning liberal thinking I don't want to say more educated, but like in that vein yes. of they don't have as many kids. And then you see these neo-Nazi assholes down in the down South who have a ton of kids. And mm-hmm. so it's maybe we need to start procreating a little bit more than we really want to. Cause right. it's, 
you know, where are we creating this? Are we, the fact that we just went through this election and it's technically still going on. Um, well, not really, but he wants right. to think it's still going on. Um, but there are still, I mean, there's only 5,000, what, I think the total was 6, 000, 6 million people difference that actually voted for Biden. I mean, right. that's still an awful lot of people that voted for the dumbest man in America. Like, mm-hmm. I just can't, it's, and it's purely because he spouts this bullshit. And they're like, well, we're white and we're, you know, we're going to lose our power. And it's like, what are you talking about? I just You can't. have all the power. You have enough power and money to make Solomon blush. Like, yeah. you don't need more power or money. Yeah. Well, I think so. a couple things, as you hit on something that I was going to actually bring up, is where I think part of why we're seeing the rise in this is because you have a lot of people who feel displaced by society. And a lot of times it's by technology at this point in time, where, like, they don't have jobs or they don't understand the technology. So therefore they feel displaced and then they lash out and they blame minorities because that's what fucking people do when they're, they blame, they, they just make stupid decisions that way. Um, and so that also, I think implies why they will believe that there is voter fraud or whatever. Um, the only thing too, on the, the, the dumb voter situation that gives me slight amount of hope, although not a lot is that I think there are some people who aren't necessarily because a lot of people claim they were voting against something, not voting for something. And although I think Biden is a great candidate, I think there were some people there who voted for Trump because they were afraid of whatever ideals had been espoused they thought the Democrats believed in. Um, so I would like to hope that they weren't consciously voting for racism, but no, were they more... Were. They, can't, they were. Like, I can believe you for the first election. But yes. after the last four years, yeah. no, this was yeah. purely a... We hate everyone that isn't like us, and he yeah. looks like us, and he spouts the bullshit that we believe, and that's why they voted for him. Yeah, because I'm sorry, um, yeah. I, no, I no, you're like, wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. I get really angry. About yeah. <laughs> well, either that or they're saying the racism's not a deal breaker. Well, that that's also an unfortunate. I mean, well, they obviously right. said that the sexism and assault wasn't an issue the first time around. Not a deal you know? breaker. Like that's that's also just as insanely disappointing. But like I, yeah, I don't know. I I do. Well, I mean, well, Todd, actually, part of, I remember when you and Amy got pregnant, part of what you actually deliberately told me was, there are a lot of dumb people having kids, some smart people need to have kids. I thought that was part of your point was, and don't, don't get me wrong, Arya is beautiful and lovely and wonderful, but she's yeah, going to she be required is, yes. to save the world. So, you know, like, it's going to be on her. We're trying to balance the scale. <laughs> is this a little save bit. the cheerleader, save the world kind of thing that we're talking about right now? <laughs> I mean, so. Arya will save the world, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm putting that out here now. <laughs> but I'm assuming I'm one of the smart people, and that sounds a bit pretentious. Well, your it? wife, you know what? Is. Your wife, yeah. Well, we'll say your wife is the smart one. <laughs> I can back that up. Yeah, we can all back that up. We, we, we know Amy. We know she's a smart one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I, I, I have conversations with Amy where I walk away feeling smarter because she rubbed off on me. So all the time for me. It's all the time. <laughs> I know why I hang around her so much. I question why she hangs around me. <laughs> I, I do that with Clark nonstop. I'm like, why the fuck are you dating me? Like, what is wrong with you? Like, you need a therapist? You need a therapist. Yes, you do. <laughs> we read those books last month, sir. That was uh, Adulthood is a Myth. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> True. Do you like me? Yes, I like you. Are you sure you like me? Yes, I like you. Are you sure? That is me. That is me tweeting. Yeah. Anyway, I guess the biggest thing about this was when you see yeah. the, the, gov- the governor. I think I don't know if it was the governor or the mayor of Montgomery or the governor. I was the governor, Alabama. I believe. Yeah. Yep. I remember the, that freaking that, uh, video of him oh, being yeah. like, segregation now. Segre-. And I was like, shut the fuck up. And like, yeah. 
And all I keep seeing is half of the, the, the Republicans in Washington right now. It feels very similar. It feels like, while they're not saying the same words that you're seeing in this book and that you saw in the 60s and, you know, the 50s, 60s, and 70s, it is very much the same sentiment, just a little bit more veiled than it was. Yeah. Unless it's Trump, to which it's not veiled at all. It's the same bullshit. But yeah, it's, it, um, it made me very angry reading this, to be honest, because I'm like, I don't, how? How do we go through this? And then we're it just, it never ends. And we're right back. And it just feels like every day is another, another black man that you hear is getting beat or killed or, and it's just like, I, I, we can't become desensitized to this. And while I'm happy that Biden won, and I said this to my boyfriend last night when we were talking about it, the worst thing we could do is think that everything's going to get better because of this. Because in yeah. reality, while Biden is definitely a major step up from the cinnamon Hitler that's in office right now, he is still extremely conservative. And you've got him and Kamala who are very pro-police and very, you know, she used to be a DA. Like this, these are not people that are going to, you know, push. They said what they needed to say to get the vote, but we have to hold their feet to the fire. And that's... Mm-hmm. The thing I also liked about this was that it was, no, we're going to keep going. Yeah. Like, we have to keep going. We can't stop. And that's the sentiment that we need to keep with now. And see, that's so, kind of where my, oh, sorry, Todd, you haven't talked too much, so you, you go ahead. So question for you, as I was confirming, when did the last public school in Mississippi desegregate? What year? It was like in the know? 90s, wasn't it? Um, I have Google Foo, so like, give me one second. I think off the top of my head, it's like in the 90s. Too bad it was 2016. What? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's that's terrible. That's one of those useless facts so, I know Todd knows because I like to throw it out every so often just to depress us. But with <laughs> Thank that you. being said, and we talk about this wasn't that long ago, this isn't that long ago. No. 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 Well, here in Utah, that Adam, did you tell them about the vote where they voted? Uh, it was on the ballot this past election to take. Um, slavery off of the ballot here in Utah for, you know, people, I guess, people that are incarcerated and they voted not to? So they actually eventually did vote to, to mm-hmm. remove it, but at the same time it was like, there were thousands upon thousands of people who voted for it and it's like... I, Can you clarify what this was? Yeah, what, what is this bill? I'm not... So there was, it was an amendment to the either amendment to the Constitution or it was a bill passed that would said that they removed slavery from the Utah Constitution as far as a punishment for incarceration. So basically, mm-hmm. essentially saying that if you were incarcerated, you could be treated like a slave. Or and again, this probably goes back to you know the the racism that we have here with black people. It was saying like okay, so we slavery is already outlawed. We can't enforce that, so and we shouldn't. But we're just going to be like, hey, we just want to make sure this is no longer on the books. This is no longer a shameful part of our history. And, like, it, it did win, but, like, tens of thousands of people said, no, that, that should still be there. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, we need to preserve this. This is, like, our, yeah, it's like, we need to preserve our heritage. I'm like, fuck you. Slavery, we should not forget slavery, because that is a part of our heritage that's horrible. We need to remember and learn from and make amends for. But, but do not honor it. But don't honor it. No. it's And that was, yeah. like, the idea. Like, you can't erase our heritage. I'm like, go fuck yourself, you asshole. Yeah. Utah was a uh, territory during the Civil War, but it was in line to be a slave state. 
Yeah, that, that had not occurred. Well, yeah, that is, Utah was right in line to be a slave state. Well, that makes sense with the whole like the is it the Lamanites mm-hmm. or whoever were Lamanites whose skin sure. was not white and delightsome. Right. Well, the uh, governor of the territory received a slave as part of um, tithing that he oh, accepted. That's fun. Yeah, they don't talk about that one too much. Wow. So can mm-hmm. we? That's something else too. Is that so? I, I read somewhere that in. Um, in Germany, they talk about everything that happened yeah, um, right. with, with the Nazis and they, they, they really teach. And it's like, listen, this is what happened. This is why it's wrong. This is everything, you know, they, they, t- they don't shy away from it. They don't just mm-hmm, gloss right. over all the shitty parts. They talk about how bad it was and why it was bad and all of the atrocities that happened. And I feel like we don't do that. We spend so we we want to honor our history, but by honoring it, we mean well, we don't really want to talk. We just don't want to talk about it. We want to just yeah. ignore it and but, Let's but talk about the high do, points. Yeah, we want to talk about all the good things, and you know, and well, we'll honor by the freaking statues that are all over the place. That are like, okay, why is a piece of stone really that like it's such a big deal to you that if we take it down, you start rioting over it? It's like, is it really that? Like, do you go to that statue every day that you have to like deal with it to, to do something? It's there are other ways to talk about it, but because we don't talk about and we don't teach anyone the realities of what happened, mm-hmm. I feel like I learned more after I left school, yeah, than anything that we ever talked about within school. And it's, I mean, that's our education system, and I think that's yeah. why we're we're still sitting in what we're sitting in right now. Well, I think I actually just literally just finished reading um, In the Garden of the Beast by Eric Larson, which is about the um, American um, diplomat to um, Germany at the rise of Mm -hmm. uh, Nazi Germany and all that kind of stuff. And A, the guy did a lot of good things in that thing, but he also, in a weird contradiction, was from the South and was writing his magnum opus, which was a history of the South, like basically this like this like praising thing of like the old South and slavery. So like it's, I think part of what you're saying that is um, at least Americans don't seem to be able to deal with grays, at least not right now. Like they want everything sort of like black and white, easy one way or the other. And as well as things were like, I remember one of the first times I really kind of felt like I have grown as a person is when I had a professor who I could view as a mentor, but also see their faults. And I think the, where it's hard to, in sort of the similar, we discuss this sometimes on this is like separating the artist from the art and being, and I think in that same regard, I think some people want to, they don't understand that saying our country did some fucked up shit doesn't necessarily always mean that our country is bad. We have done bad things, but that doesn't make us bad. And I think that they, they, they put those emblems in the wrong context. And it's like, yes, we should get rid of these. We should not forget that we were shitty. Um, but we shouldn't honor that by any stretch of the imagination. And I, I think that's part of the problem is that people just can't deal with like, oh yeah, we, we might have a seedy past. It's like everyone has one and even the country, you know, has shit that it's done. You know what I mean? Probably a lot more than most people even are ever going to be aware of. Um, but I think that's part of where the issue is. But I agree with you. I think that it, I think all of this should be far more discussed. I think that is part of the problem. We discussed on one previous episode of the fact that when we talk about um, like history in school, we very rarely get, I never got really up to Vietnam or past. I think there's a lot more stuff that I think is important to be learning in history classes that, you know, deals with our everyday to day life because it's more recent and stuff we're still dealing with. Um, but it's also harder to put in context, especially for younger people when things are still evolving. You know what I mean? 
So, well, one mm-hmm. interesting thing too is so you know, Maya and I work together, and we 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 actually we we travel a lot, and we do different things, but every single Monday we actually do physically work together. And back when Lovecraft Country was on, you know, mm-hmm. we get there every Monday and we'd be like, "Oh, did you see this episode?" And then like this and that. Uh, but there was, you know, and, and we we've talked before on here about everything that happened in Tulsa and how uh, most people in America only learned about Tulsa because of a fucking TV show about Watchmen. comic books, Watchmen, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And you know, Lovecraft Country was very well done. I mean, we both, I think those who saw it can agree the ending had some issues in the last episode. But you know, there, there was an episode in there, you know, Maya, we were talking about where they there was a time travel thing where they see it from that point of view of things they didn't see when they kind of lived through it. And um, I had a point and it just left my head. Fuck. So I- I'll chime in. Um, it was something yeah. that-, that made me think about when you were talking about how people, they just so upset and they want to riot over a statue. And it, it just baffles me every time because, you know, you're, you're rioting because we want to take down this Confederate leader statue. Yet a black man gets killed in cold blood. And it's like, oh, what would he what did he do? What did yeah. he do to deserve it? Um, did he run or did he, he it doesn't give a, I don't give a fuck what he did. Like he didn't yeah. deserve it to die. You know, he's if like the, the guy that stole a pair uh, uh some black and miles, right? Did he did he desire to die over that? Um the kid that had the you know Trayvon Martin, Skittles and the Arizona tea, like yeah. regardless of if he cussed you out or disrespected you, you're one, you're not a police officer, so you don't have the right to put your hands on him. And three, he didn't deserve to die. Yeah, yeah. And there's so many. I can keep continue to go on. The list goes on and on well, and on. I think it's real depressing if you just go, if a white kid did the same thing, would they have died for that? Um, Not let's talk about thing. the asshole in, in Port, was it in Portland, who went out with his machine gun and killed two people, and then they, the cops just let him walk home? Oh, no, and here's the fucked up thing. Oh, no, it was the kid. Yeah, the kid who's and, now like... And then Ricky Schroeder from me. fucking Silver Spoons and NYPD Blue paid his bail. Yeah. Like, fuck that guy. That's, but that's the issue, and, the, and it's, Maya, I'm glad you said that, too, because it's if you flip it, if the kid, if a kid is white and he does whatever, the, it, whether it be, you know, custom out or he stole something or whatever, or holds people hostage, the cops will do everything they could possibly do to make sure that that person doesn't die. But as soon as you make his skin dark, they, it's like, they, it's, it, it's like the, they just don't care. And it, it, it's, it, they're no longer human. And that's why it's like, well, it doesn't matter. And that's the problem. That's my yeah. issue is that if you flip it, if you make any of these people that have died white, they would, it would have never gotten that far ever, ever. Because every, every day, whether you're male or female, someone with black or brown skin, you're automatically seen as a threat in America. Um, and, and it's also, it's mainly, I think it's, you know, I could equate it to being, um, being fearful or, you know, having this, this thing to say, you know, we, we know we wronged you so much in the past and we know that, you know, you can be stronger. You can be superior because think about all the things that have weighed black and brown people down for so long. And we still continue to get up and do more and press forward regarding the all, you know, you know, no matter what was thrown at us, we continue to, to rise up. And so it makes me think that, you know, as we continue to progress, um, we have to really take a step back and make an example out of somebody. And that's why we keep landing ourselves in this situation where we find cops killing black people because we haven't made an example out of not one of these people or police officers that have killed somebody. We haven't really held their feet to the fire or put them in jail, locked them up, taken away everything and put them, put them behind bars like a real killer that you are. Instead, it's, oh, you're a police officer. We're going to give you a slap on the wrist. You lose your job and that's it. We have to really start making examples out of people for people, for other police officers to get it. 
um, police reform may not may not get it. Defunding the police, I don't all the way agree with that. We still need police. We still need people to you know patrol. So getting rid yeah. of won't won't change it, but holding people accountable will. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing about the defund the police is not so much get rid of the police entirely. I mean, it's <sighs> it's become a buzzword kind of issue. I think what it is, it's like the police are. Police are dealing with a lot of issues that they shouldn't be dealing with. There should be mental health workers on staff. There should be, you know, um, more like there's a lot of other aspects that should be going on and they shouldn't necessarily be the, uh, the tool for everything, you know, like they, they should be dealing with, you know, very specific crimes to deal with. Like they shouldn't be showing up to domestic abuse calls or domestic uh, calls. And that, they, that should be counselors that should be there to help deescalate the situations. People are trained specifically to do that. The other thing that's unfortunate, and I don't think this is a show, so I'm not going to say anything, is my brother-in-law um, was a cop in Salt Lake and then was in Houston, Texas for a little while and things like that. And when he was a cop, he would freely admit that the difference between a cop and a criminal was a very thin margin. Like mm-hmm. a lot of the cr- cops, even guys he kind of considered his buddies, not necessarily people he wanted his kids hanging out with. You know what I mean? Just sketchy individuals. Yet as soon as they start saying defund the police, he gets all Blue Lives Matter. And I'm like, dude, like really? Like, put this into perspective like and, and here's the thing is i'm technically in a union and i had this conversation with someone earlier today the unfortunate thing is is that it is the police union that has all that power that keeps protecting those people because like my job i'm defined by the weakest member of our union now i do some very highly technical work but i'm still defined by the idiot who can't push a box you know up the stairs properly you know what i mean like that's mm-hmm. we're, we're measured by our weakest link in the union and like the, the, they're not brave enough to get rid of like i'm not saying all police are bad but i am saying that there are some seriously shitty ones that they need to get rid of but also it's a shitty job that no one really wants to to take um if they're smart i guess i would say you know um or they have weird ulterior motives and things that it's rare to find that and they exist but those people who genuinely want to um help their community and and work for them but a lot of times they get burned out by how fucked up the system is and they they don't stay in it very long you know lane i see you itching to say so, something. <laughs> I just, so one of my dad's best friends he grew up with was police chief in, in a very, you know, predominantly black neighborhood, like city. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it is what it is. And it, you're right. Not all cops are bad. Unfortunately, <laughs> all cops are bad because whether you are the one hurting people or you're the one turning a blind eye both aren't really helpful yeah so um with that said the other piece of this is a lot of their budget um specifically in new york city i know this to be accurate um half of their police budget is meant to go towards paying off the people that and 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 um paying for all of the civil and lawsuits that they have against the cops for unlawful um, beatings and killings and everything that the cops have done. They could literally pay for everyone in New York city to have free public transportation for a year Mm -hmm. for an entire calendar year for everyone in New York city for the amount of money that they pay just on lawsuits alone Yeah, because of shit that the cops aren't supposed to be doing and they know that they shouldn't be doing. And so that's the piece where it's like, you think maybe there's a problem that you're spending billions of dollars on just lawsuits because Mm -hmm. you, you can't, you don't want to just train these assholes to, I don't know, not hurt people and not kill people. And we, they used to have a mayor that, you know, was all about racial profiling and stop and frisk and everything. I mean, it's, 
that's, you know, well, I mean, there's um, no need for that. Here's, here's another theory is what if you take that money and rather than paying off lawsuits, you pay the cops more, but be more particular about who you hire and make them more accountable. And say, so you okay, actually put them through a training. You, well, you put them through proper training, but you also you make it a more desirable job, but therefore you also make it very far more selective. Where it's, you know, it's like the FBI or whatever, like you need to be better prepared for this. These, you know, it's a more elite job. And so therefore, you know, yes, you get the more money for it, but you are going to be held responsible. And if you fuck up, we bounce you. And that's going to be it. You know, I mean, that might be another option to that as well. I saw one idea is it's the cops pension fund that pays mm-hmm. out for bad behavior. Oh, that'd be interesting. There you go. They would fuck each other up so fast. It'd be great, oh. actually. <laughs> it's funny. I read somewhere when everything happened at the beginning of June between George Floyd and, and Breonna Taylor and everything was, you know, um, well, you know, you don't see people rioting when a white person gets killed by a cop. And the whole piece of that is, well, the cop usually goes to jail. Yeah. When a white person yeah. gets killed by a cop. Yeah. There's yeah. the difference. They're, they yeah. don't, we don't have to riot because if a, if a really cute, you know, blonde haired, blue eyed white girl gets raped and killed by a, by a police officer, they don't usually go too bad for you. Okay. We'll just move you. To, it's not the Catholic church. They'll actually throw your ass in jail. Whereas has anything happened to any single one of, I know with Brianna Taylor, they have, nothing's happened. Mm-hmm. With mm-hmm. any of those those cops, so it's that's why. So there's let me let me jump in really fast. <laughs> Actually, let me jump in really fast on that because one one thing I've been talking to a friend of mine about is so people were um, you know pissed. So Sim Gill is our our district district attorney in in Sully County. So when the the Black mm-hmm. Lives Matter protests happened back in June, there were some people who had spray painted uh, the police station or the the, the the courthouse or something like that. And they were arrested, and then everyone got outraged because they were facing up to like life in prison for mm-hmm. like they were charged with like the maximum of it. And um, I do I listen to radio from hell pretty often. I mean, Carrie's a great guy. I, mm-hmm. I know Carrie personally. We, you know, Brian, you do too. Yeah. Uh, and so they interviewed Sim Gill, and he brought the the point was that it's not so much that we want to charge them with these things. In fact, the, when all is said and done, we're not going to charge them with something that will get them life in prison. Mm-hmm. His explanation was that. The way the laws are written, we have to charge them with a maximum penalty because, okay, so you did this, you did this. Here's the maximum penalty that you could face. Mm-hmm. Then once it filters down, a prosecutor gets involved. They look at the person's situation and they can then at that point in time say, okay, so we're going to charge them with this crime and this is the punishment because the point being made was that. So, you know, Brian, let's say you make, a, you know, you, you're making minimum wage and you commit a crime. And the decision is, hey, we're going to charge you restitution. For you, restitution of $1,000 might be a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, even for me, it'd be a lot of money. But yeah. if you have someone who is like a millionaire and they commit the same crime, well, if we're like, hey, the restitution for you is $1,000, they're like, Psh, that's like pocket change. I spend that in mm-hmm. a day at lunch. So I think it's more almost like we need to look at – so you know, people were giving Sim Gill shit for that, but he, he literally said, he's like, I'm – I'm here. I have to enforce the laws that are written and that are in place. Mm-hmm. Whether I want to or not, it's not up to me. I don't have the choice to be like, well, I don't want to enforce this law because his literal job is I have to enforce this law. So I think it goes back to the fact that, you know, as Maya brought up earlier, we, we talked about that tens of thousands of Utahns voted to keep slavery on the record is that, you know, you when you're in a position like that, when not a police officer who's making 
you know, subjective calls at the moment as far as whatever reason you want to think. But we look at, you know, like the, the kid up actually the seven eleven by my old house who got shot and killed. And everyone's like, Oh, you know, the cop who shot him, he should be prosecuted this and that. And then Sim Gill came back or whoever came back saying, Hey, we can't, it's not that they didn't want to, but looking at the laws that were written to enforce that or to punish the person who probably did do the wrong thing. If the laws are written a certain way, then you can't, you can't do that. You, you can't be like, well, we're going to make an exception. And I think Maya brought up a great point as far as where we're going to be in 20 years when Maya, you said that, you know, Hey, it's, it's not going to change unless the people in power are the ones changing the rules around this is that, yes, we can sit here and we can cry on inequality, this and that. But if, if we're not changing things to make them fit what needs to happen or what needs to change for us as a society, it won't. And that's what, one of the cool things about this book that was so cool was that, you know, they're, they're sitting there and they're talking about, you know, like, hey, this has to happen. Like, okay, well, the Supreme Court said, that's neat. No one's enforcing it. So you know what? We're going to go out there. We're going to ride this bus. We're going to go to the whites-only restaurant. We're going to go to the whites-only theater. We're going to protest. We're going to march. We're going to do these things because until finally, like, the legislature steps in and it finally says, yes, we're going to enforce these laws or we're going to draft up new laws that at that point in time you have to face or the consequences are the person who doesn't enforce them goes to jail, loses their job, does something else, that there's a punishment involved, it's not going to change. And, you know, that's why reading this, like, it was hard for me. Like, uh, I actually remember why I was going back to the, the, the Lovecraft Country thing was because there's an episode where they are dealing with the death of Emmett Till, who mm-hmm. was brutally, like, this kid brutally lynched. And, he, you know, he's brought up in this where they're, like, they're trying to make the decision of going, do we do this? Do we push forward? Do we, I mean, shit, Emmett Till just got brutally lynched, like, three days ago. And I teared up. Like, I was sitting there on the couch, like, crying mm-hmm. because it hurt so much to know that, Again, this going back to this happened when our parents were alive. This happened, and I'm sure Maya, your parents, you know, they probably faced a lot of the discrimination and faced things that, you know, none of us, you know, as far as I mean, by you know, Maya being a person of color and a black person, you you do face discrimination. I'm sure every in different ways every day. Like you know, we've had conversations about other conversations you've had with people who didn't get it. But this isn't ancient history. This isn't like when pharaohs, you know, ruled Egypt. This was. This was right before the hippies. This was right before Vietnam, as Brian, you mentioned. Like this, mm-hmm. this is recent, and we're still seeing it. So it goes back to that. You know, we, we can talk about all we want about Breonna Taylor and about how the the reason why the the officers weren't charged for whatever reason and this and that. And it could go back to like, oh well, the grand jury is all white, and so we're not going to indict these white guys. But if the laws are written in a certain way that you have to abide by them. Let's say they did decide, hey, like, we're going to indict these people because what they did was wrong based on this. If the law comes back and says, hey, you know what? We, we say because they, quote unquote, felt threatened, even though it was a no-knock warrant, and the, her boyfriend who was defending himself did shoot back, which I would do it. If someone broke into my house, I'd definitely shoot back fight a gun. Well, if it's his property, technically has the right to do it, too. But. Exactly. And then they pull, like, oh, well, it was the police. Like, well, you didn't know that. Someone yeah. broke down my door. I don't know who the fuck you are. No, no. We need to go back and change had it been a white person, had it been a white person standing their ground, yeah. like, oh, he's standing his ground, he has every right, right? Exactly, hundred percent. Aubrey case in Georgia. I mean, we can go on and on. I could just spout names, but I had this thought in my head. I want to think about um, since we're talking about this. What, what, which one was it that really done it for you? Like, which one of the deaths was it? George Floyd? Was it Breonna Taylor? Was it Trayvon Martin? Was it? Um, you know, which one is one that really kind of hit home for you guys? 
Uh, for me, I had a moment specifically. I mean, they all suck. Like we're, I mean, and like I think every time right. they happen, they kind of reiterate that. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I think Trayvon Martin for some reason really got me, and I think it might have. I think it was just the fact that it was just a kid in a hoodie. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like it's just like there is just so nondescript. You know, and like it was one of those things where it's like. I've gone to pick up my roommate, um, you know, he was getting a new car and like, he's sitting there in a hoodie. And I was like, I would never be terrified. Like Todd's wearing a hoodie right now as a white guy. I would never be terrified to wear a hoodie out there. But like, I felt terrified for my roommate because like, he's standing there as a black man in a hoodie. And I'm like, Oh fuck. I hope he doesn't get shot. You know what I mean? Like, and I, I've just out of pure empathy. Like that fucked me up, you know? Um, Elijah McClain. Oh yeah. It was mine. Um, it was in Aurora in, you know, which is not far from, from where I, especially where I, when I first lived in Denver, where I was. And, um, <clears throat> that, that got me and it pissed me off that it took so long for it to come out, um, for anybody to know what happened and for the, for the governor and the state to even say, Hey, we have to actually look at this. And it's like, why did it have to, why, why didn't it, why did we have to wait for George Floyd? Like, why did all of this other stuff have to happen? For us to even start looking at this, mm -hmm. um, that that yeah, so yeah, that was the one that got me. Um, and my sister, her um, her three best friends are are men who are people of color, and I uh, her best friends Evan and her drove my car out from from Pittsburgh to to Colorado, and all I kept thinking was, please be safe you're stopping in Iowa, like, and, and Evan was good. Cause he knows. Mm -hmm. And Tori, and even my father is like, are we okay with this? And I was like, Evan's smart. He's a big kid. He, you know, he's also light skinned. So hopefully he'll be okay. But like, you know, we had, we had to have a conversation about it before they came out here because it was after all of the protests had started and everything where it was like, okay, if something happens, you know, let's talk about what you're going to do because it's, it's not a, it's not an easy conversation to have. And I hate the fact that I have to have it. Mm -hmm. It's, it, it scared the hell out of me. Um, and they got here and everything was okay. But the first time I was with them in Connecticut, he's a really tall black kid. And they, we went back to East Lyme and Brian, you lived in Connecticut for a while. Um, yep, it is my time. predominantly white. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And we walked into a bakery that Tori and I didn't think anything of. And her three best friends were with us and we got looks that made them really uncomfortable, really uncomfortable. And that was the point that I was like, all right. And this was before any, this was like, you know, last Christmas that mm -hmm. I was like, okay, this isn't okay with me. We need to like this, this is a town that I love, but if I can't have people that I care about who don't look like people that are in this town, I mean, it was, it's not an easy thing. And so, but, um, but yeah, Elijah, Elijah McLean was the, was the one that, that really, um, kicked it for me. I got really, that was my anger point. Yeah. <laughs> everything. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, I've got two of them. I've got one that was, um, well preceded this. It was, um, because I'm old. This was, um, shortly after nine 11 in 2001 though, is I worked for years with Kurtz, um, these are people that were refugees from their first Persian Gulf War. What I remembered is they, I mean, they're just doing their thing. And then all of a sudden they start showing up to work and they're all wearing FDNY hats and T-shirts and American flags. And I questions like, why are you guys doing this? And they're like, we are so scared people are going to blame us 
and hold us responsible for what mm-hmm. happened in New York, that we're doing absolutely everything we can so they don't even think that because, you know, they go by the name of Muhammad. Mm-hmm. And that really got to me. And this was 20 years ago at this point, right? And But um, for me more recently, though, I mean, the two that really got me, Breonna Taylor, she was asleep in her bed. And the fact that there's any defense at all, any defense at all for Breonna Taylor, I'm like, because the thing is like, well, what were they doing? What were they wearing? And I'm like, she was Doesn't asleep. Doesn't fucking matter. Nothing. In yeah. her bed. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't matter to begin with, but what was she doing? She was asleep. This is crazy. And how the, the, the indefensibility of anything there, and the people are still like, well, we're going to defend it anyways. And you're just like, how? And it leaves me flabbergasted on where there is any room to do so. And then it's like, well, it's the boyfriend. And you're like, asleep. Nothing. Nothing. And that just drives me bonkers. I mean, we can go on, but it's Breonna Taylor. I'm like, what? There is no one more vulnerable, and they think when they're safe than when they're asleep. And yet they will still want to... Right. But they still trying to twist it into somebody's fault. And I'm like, we know who to blame. Black and white. We, We know who's at fault here. There is, I mean, so cut and dry. What's the hang up? Yeah. I went to go grab this from upstairs because <laughs> it made me think mm-hmm. of all this conversation. So my, my fiance, he does like, you know, he makes uh, different designs and t-shirts mm-hmm. and different mm-hmm. people hit him up like, Hey, I got this design or they'll tell him his vision and he'll create the design for him. So this is something we did um, a few years back. Um, it's the F12, which is the computer key. F12. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you know, but in the black community, we call 12 the police. So oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it's a twelve. So at the F twelve, the computer key basically is saying "fuck the police." This is twelve. Nice. It's like five backwards, and it has the space bar right there. Oh, the okay, right there, hanging off. That's awesome. So this, so this whole conversation just really made me think about this shirt. So I went to go grab this upstairs so I could show you guys um, this this cool design he had. And we we had you know quite a few friends that we gave these shirts to. We wore because during that time. Um, there was another protest going on at the time when we lived in Arkansas and we mm-hmm. all wore shirts. Um, come to find out these shirts are trending and they thought that we were like a police hate group. Oh, jeez. <laughs> F12. So then we started getting nervous about wearing the shirts. Then I had some friends that was like, man, fuck that. I don't care. I'm still going to wear the shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. You're not scared to wear the F12 shirt. I got them for you. <laughs> uh, Adam, did you want to add to this? Um, I think it, for me, there's, there's a lot of them. Um, so I was thinking about a lot of, you know, different things and, you know, Trevor Martin is always a big one because not only has it been the fact that this kid was brutally murdered for doing nothing, but the fact that the, the killer has almost been glorified for what he's done and he keeps on showing up and it's like, go the fuck away. Just like, can't you like get, why don't you get COVID and die? Come on, please. Uh, but <laughs> you know, I was like thinking back and looking at, uh, you know, like Columbine, like, you know, mm-hmm. these, these kids who, you know, the, the students who were there who got out, talked to the police, like they knew these were these white kids. And I, I just have to sit there and wonder, like, you know, they, Columbine was a tragedy. I'm not, I'm not trying to downplay anything there because that, that, that's horrible. Uh, but would the police presence have changed or been different had it been two black kids doing it? Or not a white neighborhood either. Or a white neighborhood or, or this and that. And so, 
you know, the, the, the tragedy of Columbine, there, there's, you know, we could probably write a, a doctorate thesis on that. Uh, but yes, the, the, the kids, the, the, well, not the kids, the mass murderers who did all this, they, they did die by suicide, but would the police have done things differently if they would have known like, Hey, we can go in and, or, or maybe they wouldn't because they're like, Hey, there's a bunch of white kids who could be, you know, shot by us, who knows. But, um, you know, I, I've talked to, I think I've actually mentioned this to Maya and I know I mentioned this to someone we both know is that I don't believe the universe is fair, but I believe the universe is just because we're all going to have things happen to us that really, you know, isn't fair, but I do, I'm not going to call it karma because that, that's not really my thing, but I do think that people will eventually pay for the things they've done. And, and some people don't, and I, I'm, that's, that's kind of how life is. And I accept that, but uh, Trevor Martin really, really hit home because, you know, I, I think it was actually might've been one of the, the first big times I got national attention about like, Hey, this is what's going on. And it almost kind of felt like there was a collective shrug, like, mm-hmm. okay, so yeah, but, but he was a bad kid. And it, I think, it, you know, it kind of started doing the hang thing where if, if a person of color was killed, like, Oh, well they had a rap sheet. They were a drug dealer. They did this, they did that. I'm like, it doesn't fucking matter. Like unless you are physically or putting someone in danger, who's, you know, let's say a cops trying to arrest me and like, I'm physically fighting them or, you know, pulling a gun on them. Like if I was fighting a cop and they were trying to arrest me, they'd tase me. Cause I've seen that happen. Be with someone who was pulled a knife on me while my last job and ran out of the store and got tased. If I pull a gun on someone, then yes, they, they, they probably would try to shoot me or this and that. But like, you've had these people who are like, Oh, I thought it was a gun. I'm like, it was a Snickers bar or whatever, whatever it was. It was yeah. something that was very, very much like, obviously not a gun. And you're basically basing your fear off of the color of their skin. And, you know, we, we've talked through in Pride Month and things that I've gone through as a part of the LGBT community, but there's still things that I don't, I don't, and never will understand that Maya does or other people of color. And, you know, Maya, you've talked about struggles that I have that you don't and vice versa. But I, I think the one thing that always comes back to me is I've had a lot of people I know tell me, um, you're lucky you can pass it straight because people wouldn't know you're gay, couldn't discriminate this and that, blah, blah, blah. And maybe for some people that is a benefit, but you know, if, if, if I was black or a person of color, it's like, you know, you, you can't hide that and nor should you want to, you should never want to have to hide that. But the discrimination that you face every single day, whether it's a microaggression or it's out now, just like, Oh, I'm pulling you over because your car is too nice because you probably couldn't afford this, which I have friends who my buddy, Dr. White, he's a, he has a doctorate at the university of Utah and teaches there and gets pulled over about once a month because his car is too nice for him because Apparently, black people can't afford BMWs. Simple as that. That's yeah. that's why. Um, it just it again looping back to everything this book stood for was about people standing up for their rights and trying to be like, hey, you know what? We don't care about the consequences. Yes, you know we're going to get beat up. Yes, we might get arrested. We might spend time in jail. We might, unfortunately, some people die. But they were willing to take on that sacrifice to be like, we need to have a better tomorrow. We need to have a place where we can stand next to someone and be considered an equal and having made progress. Yes. But as Maya said, we're nowhere close and I I don't want to be pessimistic, but I I do agree with you, Maya, that I don't know if in a country that was founded on slavery, founded on racism, if we could ever get to a point where equality is a hundred percent true thing, instead of just every single 20 years or so inching forward to get hopefully closer to that. And I mean, this book wrecked me. Like I told you, like I, I broke down crying. Like I was, I'm glad we didn't kind of dive into that part because I didn't want to cry on the podcast. That's done that before, and that's always <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it, it's it's a hard read, and I do think it is hopeful because of the fact that we know where it goes. But it's still 
it's still that um it's still the canary canary in the mine you know it's still a warning that you know this is still happening this is still going on how are we going to face it and this time you know instead of having one or two white people standing up with the black people being like hey you know we, we believe in this do we really outnumber them or is it going to come to a point where okay the, you know this is where the line the sand is who's going to cross it and who's going to stand with us like how many people really would do that and mm-hmm. i don't know if i have the answer I, I have my hopeful answer of what i think would happen but I, I i can't tell you that it would and i think what we've seen in the last four years especially really has brought that back to light and it, it disturbing is the nicest way i could put it that's mm-hmm. like the but there's a lot of work to do still and you know this this book presents like hey there's still a lot of work to do but as much as we've taken three steps forward, maybe sometimes we've taken four steps backwards. Yeah. It was good though. It was good. Oh, it's a great, yeah. it's a fantastic book. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I think mean, that's like the, the last four years, like it was good. It was a shitty four years having Trump as president, but it was good for us people that are sane because it brought out a lot of people's true colors. It brought out those closet races. We know who is who now. We know who our allies are. We know who's on the same side of us who wants to do us harm. So yeah, it, it was, it was shit. It was terrible, but it opened our eyes to a lot of things where we can really be more vigilant in what it is that we need to do and what the agenda is and how we are going to rise to the occasion. Yeah. I think that is an excellent place to end this. Cool. I think that will do it for this week. Uh, next week. I, I would like to say, hopefully it's going to be lighter, but it's not, I know it's not, uh, we're going to be doing strange fruit. Uh, here's the thing. Rough month. This one's read. interesting. It's interesting. I do want to talk about Strange Fruit. We're calling this Black History Month uh-huh. as the theme. This is such a work of fiction. Let's just be clear. Oh, Strange Fruit? Yes. But Okay, but it's but it's a parable about the Black experience, though, yeah. correct? Okay, I think that's fair. Yeah. Sure. We are, yes. we I mean, are it's, it's very... <laughs> I, I haven't read it yet, so I'm hoping I don't regret saying that. Uh, no, but, it. <laughs> but I thought I was the Strange I mean, Fruit. Yeah. <laughs> Strange, strange the fruit, queer is the, fruit. The, the, the metaphor for black people hanging. Yeah. yeah. Oh, also, I didn't know that. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make yes. a joke. I yeah, yeah, no yeah. It's also it a, I wouldn't have a, done what is it? it. Uh, is it Nina Simone did a haunting song? Yes. That uh, song is so haunting. else. Strange fruit. Oh, God. That, that you song can sing? Me you never up. told me you could sing. <laughs> I I've sing worked with that. you for months and you can sing. <laughs> I feel so, very yeah. like to betrayed. I don't, I don't sing, Adam. I don't. I don't. <laughs> you I'm just not, did. <laughs> yes, but uh, I'm very interested for your reading. But this is a uh, complete fabricated work of fiction. But it is a very um, interesting read. Uh-huh. Um, the general idea of what Strange Fruit is a um, this takes place during the uh, Dust Bowl and flooding in Mississippi, and a Superman type character comes to show up and save the town, except he's black. Oh, fuck. That sounds brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I should have read the back of the book before I bought it, but oh, cool. I'm oh excited. My God. <laughs> yeah. so, he's, like, he's like Black Lightning. If y'all know Black Lightning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's such a good show. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it, read it, check it out. It's written by um, Mark Wade and drawn by J.G. Jones. So Mark Wade's done a lot of good stuff as a writing. And J.G. Jones, he did the, um, the art and the Wonder Woman, the Hikatea. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's so yeah. good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So this is where the reading, but it's uh, it's very much channeling Alex Ross that um, every that picture is a painting. Side? Yeah. It's a very painterly book. Yeah. So we'll talk about that next week. Yeah. Cool. I will say uh, Sounds of Our Friends is a bit more upbeat. Um, mm-hmm. Same time frame. 
I'm going to preface it by, I, I think it borderlines on white savior just a little bit, but um, I still think it's a good and interesting historical story. Um, that one is about uh, the guy who wrote it. It's about his father who was a, a newspaper reporter uh, who moved down to Houston and he was used to being in a predominantly black community and was used to, you know, covering that experience on the news and they weren't covering it in Houston. So he started making inroads um, and making connections to the black community in Houston and trying to sort of expose some of the things that were going on there. Um, so I liked it a lot, but it's also the same art, author, uh, or not author, artist as this book, Nate Powell. I uh, did both of them, so mm-hmm. it's going to be at the end of the month. And then, of course, uh, once again, we're going to be doing uh, the Harlem Hellfighters, which I don't know much about other than the fact that it's written by Max Brooks, uh, who wrote uh, World War Z and um, a few other things. Well, he's also Mel Brooks' son. Uh, I have a feeling it's not going to be a comedy, though. But anyway, anybody else have anything to add? I was just going to say, hey, Maya, thank you for hopping on. Yes, like absolutely. You, that was my yes. next yes. You, you were amazing yes. for popping your podcast, Jerry. So. Is, this yeah. your, is this your <laughs> first podcast? It is my first podcast. Oh, I'm not a, yeah. I'm not a real vocal. If you, if, if Adam, a little, bit, I'm not a. I'm very kind of like you know chill, soft spoken type person. Um, mm-hmm. but cool, easy going. Love to laugh, love to chill. So thank you guys for having me on. Oh, I'm yeah. actually a, a Texas native. You were talking about Houston. I'm from Texas. I'm from mm-hmm. the south. So trust me, if anybody knows what racism looks like firsthand, you <laughs> from the south. I definitely know. I um, mean, then moving to Utah, that's a big culture change for me, going from Texas to Utah, um, definitely. What part of Texas were you from? Uh, I'm from a small little town, a little small dot on the map called Shepherd, Texas. It's actually, but it's close to Houston, though. So most people, they don't know what Shepherd is. So when I try to relate, it's like, I just say like 30 minutes outside of Houston. So All right. I live just right by Humble. Oh, okay. So I'm I'm from Shepherd, which is if you go Humble, you hit Humble, you hit like Spandora, Cleveland, and then, uh-huh. then Shepherd's right there. Right okay, there. yeah. I was in Kingwood, yeah. right next to Humble. So yeah. Hey, King, Kingwood is right there. That's that's crazy. <laughs> Nobody ever really knows where Shepherd is because it's a small town. It's like a pass by, pass by. Blink your eyes and you're right through it. So <laughs> that's right. If you want someone to know something weird and obscure, it's going to be one of the people on the show. That's what's going yeah. to happen. I see, yeah, Todd, I see Todd has the random facts, the random facts for us. Yeah. That's how we go. Here's the thing. This is how I always describe it. Um, Cause Todd and I used to play against his dad. His dad is one of the <laughs> smartest people I've ever met in my entire life. Wow. Like we would play trivial pursuit against him. And what he would do is like, we would gang up on him. Like, and I'm not necessarily a dumb guy. Todd's not mm-hmm. a dumb guy. His wife is really smart. And oh, we would so play. I am? Okay. You weren't playing with us. Chill out, dude. <laughs> this isn't about you. Stop trying to make fetch happen. It's always about me. I'm a homosexual, <laughs> goddammit. But yeah, we'd play against him, and like a card would come up and be like, well, the answer is technically this, but the card probably says this because this and this and this. And we're like, what the wow. fuck, man? Like he just yeah. he knows his shit. Like it's that's, crazy. That's like that's like Jeopardy level type shit, man. Yeah. So yeah. you're saying he pulled like a Jeff Vice. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm more of the small local bar je- uh, trivia type. <laughs> Nice. I, we've done pretty well with those, Your too. questions actually. about how I met yeah, your mother. Yeah, yeah, so Maya. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right Maya. there with you, Maya. Yeah. <laughs> Maya, if COVID ever ends, I'm taking you to pub quiz because I think you and I would yes. dominate. So, oh, and Todd, definitely. too. Todd, Todd and I done pretty it. well, so... The best yeah, we was when we were doing right. pub quiz and Amy was with us and like we got to a, a thing of like sewing techniques and everyone was like, oh shit. And Amy's like, that's this one, that's this one, that's this one. That's this one. <laughs> <laughs> so, awesome. Uh, are you joining us again next week, Maya? Did okay. Adam rope you into everything? He, he did not. He told me, hey, come on the first time. Let me know how you like it. And okay. then, hey, if you like it, you know, you're always welcome to come back. So By all means. 
yeah. come back whenever you want. Yes, it was a please. pleasure to have you. Yeah. I mean, and, <laughs> and here's the thing: yeah. it doesn't have to be just February. I told Abby, I was like, "Hey, we're from Iowa." I told her like, today. I don't I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was just I I was like. Yeah, I'm I'm like, used I'm me like, as the token black girl. That's like, what I was afraid of. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Wait, Adam, my, I love it because Adam was like, so Maya that I work with, and I was like, yes, another woman. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I was excited this because now, you know, we good Christian women outnumber the men. So you know, we're all good here now. So I'm fine with that. <laughs> Oh, the true queen is Adam. Yeah. <laughs> Adam is the queen on here. Oh yeah, yes. he's out, bitches. <laughs> he's the queen of his queendom. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm gonna try to remember to introduce you to that as next time. I hate you so much. <laughs> I'm, st- I'm gonna make a ringtone of Adam just saying "you bitch." That's I, I'm hunting. I, we got a good one from the, we did, the episode we, did, we just yeah. posted last I week. I just haven't so. edited it yet, so I haven't pulled it out yet. But it's gonna be yeah. like my ringtone now. And actually, you can give it to Maya so she can be like, we can be sitting there with our boss, be like, "You bitch!" And he's like, "Yeah, what is that?" <laughs> no, the funny one is so Lena's text tone for me is, uh, "You're a goddamn liar." It's her yeah. saying, "You're a goddamn liar," because she sent me a voice memo, and I, of course, being the asshole sound guy that I am, turned it into a ringtone on my phone. <laughs> but it happens so often where I'll be sitting there, like I'll be like, "Okay, so we got to." You know, program this. We got to run this to this and that. To that, and then all of a sudden, it'll just shift from back my pocket, my back pocket. You're a goddamn liar! And like, it's just, <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, it is a an endless source of amusement for my coworkers, Lena. Oh so, my I well, my favorite one right now. Yeah, my favorite one right now is you about to lose your job. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, I know why you're saying that because I have. We can't go there because it's work. So. <laughs> Okay, well, we will call that good. Uh, thank you again, Maya, for joining us. Thanks, everybody, for joining Absolutely. us. And next week, uh, Strange Fruit. Uh, yes. And, yep. uh, yeah, please, Maya, come back whenever you would like. It would be great to have you. Uh, especially cause, thank you, you know, guys for having me. Lena wants course. more girl power in the room, yes. and I don't blame yeah, her. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> dealing with our I got you, I got you. Yeah. I got you. Cool. Um, and then, oh, so... Uh, why do I, I get to the end of these and I forget what my catchphrase is. And I was like ready on the stop button and I always fuck it up. Uh, so we will You're see you on. Lose that stop button. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, we'll see y'all later. Bye. Bye. See, and you even got Where the. Where is that button? You yeah. are locked in. You got well, the vibe. I know, right? Because Brian can't find the pause switch. The stop button. Yeah. <laughs>